So I'm sure you've heard the saying, God is everywhere. Well, not true. God is not everywhere. God is somewhere, but is not everywhere. He sees everywhere. He knows everywhere, but he is not everywhere. If he was, he would not have said, I lift my spirit and depart from you. He would not have been able to leave, take up his Shekinah glory from the temple after it was defiled, leave from the top of Mount Sinai, depart from King Saul. God is not everywhere. God is in very specific places and typically where you think he is, he isn't. And when you think he is not, he is. And that sentence has more truth than we can understand. Because like I said, God is not everywhere. And God can manifest himself in infinite different ways because God is infinite. He is not bound by anything. He can come in as a ordinary man, as we know the angel of the Lord that came to Abraham, came to many different people. He can come as a pillar of smoke, pillar of fire. He can come as radio, well, not radioactive, but something that looks like radioactive radiation, which is just glow on top of Mount Sinai. He can manifest himself in ways you do not even see, just invisible, just spirit, as the case is with the Holy Spirit. What does it mean, the Holy Spirit? That's not the name. It's a description because God is holy and his spirit, therefore, is holy. So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of God that dwells in us. But God has many spirits. See, the Holy Spirit is one of them. It dwells inside of us. See, the whole purpose of the tabernacle, not the temple, but the tabernacle, which was the original, the one in the desert, was to give God some place to be, to dwell in the meantime until the people were made holy so God could dwell in them. But the intention never was to dwell in a house. We are the house, he said. Make yourself a dwelling so I could dwell in them. That was the original verse, the original meaning. God wants to dwell in us as he did when he created us, Adam. He wants to dwell in us forever, but we have to be clean. God does not dwell in dirty, nasty, unclean spots, unclean places. That's why he said, Leviticus 11, you are to be my people. I will be your God and I am holy, so you therefore be holy. Do not eat something unclean. God will not dwell in an unclean home. If you want God to dwell in you, don't eat unclean foods. You know the list, Leviticus 11, educate yourself. You have to be clean, but food is not all there is. Because God is spirit, and more important than food is spiritual food. And more important than spiritual food is what comes out of you. Because food comes in, but what comes out, the thoughts that Rabbi Yeshua said, he didn't cancel it. He just said it's more important. If you contaminate yourself, you, you, you think wicked thoughts, 
God will not be with you. God will take his spirit. Think about why did David have to say, Take not thy Holy Spirit from me in Psalm 51. Because he realized what he's done with Bathsheba. He realized he became defiled, unclean, and he did not want the Spirit of the Lord to depart from him, as it did with King Saul. So, we need to have this understanding, God sees everywhere, but he's not everywhere. And usually, when you see all these religious people, the Pope, the rabbis, all these people that wear robes and cloaks and all these fancy dresses with scepters in their hands and look so religious, walk, that's where God is not. But when you see someone simple, someone holy, someone who loves the Torah, who has joy, who gives glory to God, who is humble, who doesn't boast about himself, but talks about God, that's probably where God is, in the simple, everyday people. Not the fancy religious ones, no. Those people are promoting themselves, not God. And the same goes with movies. You know, you, you, people say the passion of Christ. No, God is not in the passion of Christ. As a matter of fact, you want to know where God is? God is in the stupids. Yeah. The stupids, that's what God is, not the passion of Christ. <laughs> because the stupids, if you watch it, gives glory to God. As a matter of fact, the very end of the movie, after the credits, after everything, trust in the Lord, or Lloyd, as they say it, because they make fun of the fact that we don't even know his name. We call him Jesus when his name is Yeshua. But that's side the point. The movie talks about a family of four goes on a crusade against the world's injustice. And they show themselves as stupid. They don't get a lot. And yet they get everything. Everything that matters, that is. Because at one of the last scenes, they go into a battle. And the son says, Dad, they seem pretty well armed. And the father says, That's right. Sure, they have knives and guns and missiles and bombs. But we are armed with the fact that what we're doing is right. And sometimes you have to trust in that. And the whole movie is about righteousness, about trusting in the Lord. And that's really the point of life. Not to get everything right. Not to do everything. Not to know everything. Not to accomplish. Not to collect everything. To trust in the Lord. And let Him lead you through everything. Life is much easier and simpler than we make it. We live in a big world, but God is bigger. This is just a bouncing ball, one of those snow globes that you buy and shake it up a little bit. That's what this whole universe, this whole earth is, this whole creation is. We are nothing but ants, but see, we can't see the bigger picture because we are in it. You know, I was thinking earlier, I was praying, talking to our Father. And I was thinking about the galaxies, how everything is so organized, so put in order. Nothing is random. See, the atheists believe everything is random. We know nothing is. 
everything is on purpose because God is and God does not roll the dice. You know, we look at the atoms, the protons and the neutrons in the center and the electrons that float around and how that same structure repeats in pretty much everything in life. You know, from the tiniest, which is the atom, to the solar system, to the galaxies, to the entire universe. We know that the galaxies, you know, you have the solar systems that circle, or the stars circle other stars right there in the middle of our galaxy, and that's how all the galaxies are shaped, right? Spiral and, and so forth. What we do not know, because we don't have the vision, we, 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 ha we don't have the option to see clearly because we are in it. We don't have the viewpoint, the vantage point, I should say, to see how all the galaxies are shaped and put in order together to create an even bigger shape. Because see, the distances are so vast and we are just a tiny ant. See, an ant on the ground, like you've seen all those cartoons, right? Like the ant in bug life and all those things. An ant cannot comprehend the structural engineering of the city, the pavement of the streets, the numbers, the whole system with the sewer, it's too much for the ant to comprehend. The ant can barely comprehend the yard, one house, maybe across the street, the, you know, two houses. It cannot see beyond that. It is inside of the structure. You cannot see outside while you're inside. We can only see other galaxies, but we don't have the vantage point to look beyond from above the galaxies and hear, see how everything else is set in order. And yet we think that we know everything. The arrogance and pride of man. Where is God? <laughs> he's not where you think he is, but he is where you think he's not. Usually, not always. Right? You see wicked places, that's not where God is, but... Sometimes, when you see someone so simple, so poor looking, someone who maybe wears ragged clothes, maybe we drive a broken down old Pontiac from the 80s, if anything, maybe he's riding the bus, maybe he's just walking. Someone that does not look impressive at all, and you think that cannot be where God is because that's not shiny. That's not attractive. Well, that's what the scripture said Yeshua was. It said he had nothing about him that would attract us to him. He was not handsome. He did not have those stuttering, gluttering blue eyes and those muscles and the long wavy hair like Hollywood makes him look. No, because that's not what God is about and God does not misrepresent himself. If you want to know where God is, you have to be God-like. Because you attract what you are and you see what you're seeking. If you're not seeking the right thing, you will never find God. He's not hiding necessarily. He's not, he's not invisible as much as he is unnoticeable if you do not seek him. Seek with all your heart. Yeshua said, ask it will be given. Seek and you will find. You know, another verse, I think it's Isaiah 55. Seek the Lord, call on the Lord, Re require the Lord while he is near. And I believe it's Psalm 145 says, the, the Lord 
will answer all those who call upon him. Those who call upon him in truth. Not just call upon him and say, Lord, Lord, but in truth, to really mean it from the bottom of your heart, to be sincere, genuine, to seek him wholeheartedly. With all of our hearts, Abba Adonai, Abba Adonai, Elohim Ahuvi. Call on Him, Elohim. You have to call on Him. Call on your Master, Maker, Creator, Abba, Abba, Elohim. You have to call on Him. Seek Him and demand Him. He's available, but only if you truly want Him, if you truly wish to find Him. And if you seek Him, you will find. Hallelujah.
wanted to hold you closer No matter your doubts or pain can change me In a crowded space, a lonely place I'll always see your face You can count on me that I'll be there Cause I wanted you with me I wanted you with me I wanted you Thing that I want the most from you. 